In John chapter 4, Jesus describes the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Verses 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now for the next few minutes, stay tuned to worship in spirit and truth with Pastor Jeff Scoggin. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, I pray that your spirit would be close, that you would anoint my lips and each of our hearts here today, that we would hear you clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What are you known for? During Jesus' last supper, before his arrest, he talked to his disciples for quite a while. In those last chapters of John, some important stuff. And, and everybody knows that, that final words are especially important. The book of John records these last words, and they end in a prayer for his disciples in John chapter 17. And unity is one of the primary aspects of Jesus' prayer his desire for unity among his people. Jesus had been sent to earth for everybody, not just the Jews, but he knew that the Jews were going to have issues because of their own deep-seated prejudices held by not just his people, but uh, also his disciples also held these deep-seated prejudices. They fostered a spirit of separation and exclusiveness among themselves, among uh, the Gentiles, the Romans, uh, the Samaritans. So one of Jesus' objectives while on earth was to teach his disciples to break down that wall of separation, to break down those barriers of exclusiveness, to teach his followers that everyone was their neighbor. Ideally, there should be unity among everybody. How much more should there be unity among Christians? Unity among his people was obviously one of Jesus' primary concerns, and he prays about it in depth in John chapter 17. And from his prayer, I pulled three points. We could pull countless points all over the place, but I took three out for us to look at more closely this morning. First of all, Jesus wants us to become one with him. All right, that's point number one. Jesus wants us to become one with him. Second, he wants us to become like he and his father are one. He wants us to become one the same way that he and his father are one. And finally, he wants this because he wants the world to believe in him and receive eternal life. Okay, so let's look at these three. First of all, Jesus prays that we will be one with him and his Father. No good follower of Jesus is going to argue, of course, whether or not we should be in unity with God. We all agree with that. We all know that that is true. It's more of a question of how. How do you do it? How do you be in a close relationship with God? How do you become one with God, he and us, us and him? And in his prayer, Jesus identifies at least two ways that we become united with God. Okay? First of all, we become one with God by knowing Him. Read uh, verse 26 of John chapter 17. In fact, turn to John chapter 17 and stay there. We're going to be looking at a number of different verses there today. Verse 26 of John chapter 17. And Jesus is talking about His disciples here. He's talking to His Father about His disciples. I have made known to them and will continue to make 
you known, in order that the love that you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Now, he's talking about his disciples. He's also talking about us, all believers, there as well. When we seek to know God for who he is, we become more one with him. We become more united with him when we seek to know him. Him. You know, I, I think, and this is, and I'm getting off track here, but that's all right. <laughs> I think that one of our biggest problems about having a relationship with God is we see him as a title, as a being, as a something else. We don't re- recognize that he is a person that we can relate to just like we relate to other people. God is a person, and when we get to, we become more one with Him when we get to know Him. Not just know about Him, but when we know Him. It is possible to do. It's the same with any relationship. The more that you know someone, the closer you are. That's just the way it is. If you want to know someone better, you, I mean, if you want to be closer to someone, you get to know them better. If we want to know God, we have to get to know Him better. And the way that we get to know God better is by putting ourselves in situations where God is able to work in us, where He is able to speak to us. We're able to speak back. Putting ourselves in situations where that can happen. Satan makes every effort to make sure that we never have that time. I think that's why the radio and the TV is always on. Why there's always noise around us. The way we get to know God is to discipline ourselves to participate in spiritual exercises. Reading our Bible. Praying. Spending time alone with God. This next week, beginning Sunday through Wednesday, I'm going to be out of touch because I'm going with several fellow pastors for a weekend or for for a few days of just this, of being quiet and being alone with God. We, We spend half the day in silence just being with God, the next half of the day we spend in discussion, digging deep into a particular passage of the Bible. The next day we do the same thing again. So from Sunday night to Wednesday noon, we're going to be involved in that. We are putting ourselves in a situation where we are there for the purpose of God working in us, getting to know Him a little bit better. So the disciplines of spirituality, Bible study, prayer, service, silence, fasting, and these kinds of things are, are ways that we get to know God because we're putting ourselves in a situation where He is able to work in us. And we get to know God better, and by doing so, we become more one with Him. We also become one with God by becoming like Him. The word is sanctification. Read verse 17 of chapter 17. Sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. One of the most missed elements of knowing God is striving to become like God. That's what the word sanctification means, to become like God. It is to become holy. How can a person become like God, though? According to Jesus, just like everything else that has ever been created, according to Jesus, we become like God 
by His Word. His Word of truth. By His Word, everything exists that does exist today. So when we, when God's powerful Word comes to us through the Bible, through His prophets, and when we obey the Word that He gives to us, we become more like Him. Doing what God says makes us more like God. Amen? So Jesus prayed that we would become with God by knowing Him and by becoming like Him. Next, Jesus prayed that we would be one like He and His Father are one, in the same way. Read verses 20 and 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So looking down through the future, Jesus saw us. And he prayed for us, that we would be united together. He wants us to be in the same kind of relationship, united relationship with each other, as he is in with his Father. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we just looked at it. We become one with each other by becoming one with God. You can't hope to have unity with each other if you're not one with God. And so it's something that we work on together. We work on becoming one with God that helps to bring us closer to each other. Another way that Jesus shows that we become united is by glorifying each other. And this is kind of interesting because usually when we think of, of glory, giving glory, it's always to God. We don't think of giving glory to each other. And we ignore the fact that we try to bring glory to ourselves. Verses, oh, let's read three different verses. Verse 10, 22, and 24. And notice what's happening with glory here. Glory is always being given away by one and being received by another. Okay, that's, that's the way the glory is working here. Verse 10, All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Okay, God is giving glory to Jesus. Uh, verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Okay, God gave Jesus the glory. Jesus is giving us the glory. Interesting. 24, same thing. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Glory is being given away. It's being exchanged. It's not being taken. Glory is always something we give or something we receive but it is never any, something that is just inherent within us. We do not deserve it because of ourselves. As we intentionally give glory to God, we give, become more like Him. We know that. And how do we glorify God? That's easy, right? I mean, we sing, we worship, we praise Him. True. But that's not the element that glorifying, of glorifying God that Jesus brings out in this passage. The way that we glorify God, according to this part, is by glorifying each other. When we do that, it brings us together. Now, the Bible uses other words for it. Paul uses the word edify each other. We say compliment each other. These are ways that we give glory to someone else, putting our attention on someone else. Giving away glory, not only to God, but to each other, is a key element of unity and love. As we build each other up, God 
is glorified before the world. Did you hear that? As we build each other up, God is glorified to the world. The world, which always desires to glorify itself more than glorify someone else. The world sees this and says, wait a minute, this is not right. This is unusual. (laughs) The way that these people are acting. And that brings us to the final point. Jesus prays that we will be one for the purpose of, so that the world will believe in him and his father and receive eternal life. That's why he wants this to happen. That's why he wants us to be unified, so that the world will see, believe, and receive eternal life. When the world sees unity in us, they will believe in God. Verse 23 is what says that. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. When the world sees unity in us, they will believe in God. And why is that important? It's important because the flip side is that when people do not see unity in us, they will not believe in God. That's why Jesus stresses unity so much. Our disunity actually causes Jesus to lose people that he loves. Don't say amen to that. Say ouch. Right? Our disunity actually causes Jesus to eternally lose people he loves. Do you think we will answer for that? You better believe we will. That's one huge reason that Jesus requires that his people live in unity. God wants people to come to know him. He wants them to come to know him because knowing him, being one with him, is eternal life. That's what verse 3 says. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Unity, love, eternal life, All of these things are bound up together. They cannot be separated. If you don't have one, you don't have the other. Part of the reason the New Testament is so full of stories about the early church overcoming its prejudices, its exclusiveness, its disunity. Christian author Ellen White notes that when we are united in the unity for which Christ prayed in this passage, the long controversy that has kept up through satanic agency will end. He's waiting for us. Does it strike you between the eyes, the heart of Jesus in this matter? Just before he died, he was thinking about you and me, and his greatest desire was that we would be one united with him so that the world would see and would exclaim, look at these Christians, they're vegetarians. Oh, wait, no, that's not what it said, is it? It's not. What were they saying back then? When they looked at the New Testament church, look at these Christians, how they love each other. How they love each other. That's the exclamation that God desperately wants the world to make. He doesn't want the world to say, look at these Christians, they keep Sabbath. Is it important? Sure it is. But that's not what He wants the world to see. He's not interested in the world exclaiming, look at these Christians, how they eat. Look at these Christians, how they dress. Look at these Christians, how strict they are. Or look at these Christians, how they entertain themselves. That's, they're all important things. Everything that we do reflects on God, yes. But that's not what God wants people to notice. 
The primary thing that Jesus hopes will stand out above everything else that we do is that His people will be in unity. Our love for each other. If the world looks at us and is amazed by anything more than our love for each other and our unity, then we need to do something about that situation. Amen. Thank you for joining Pastor Jeff Scoggins today for Worship in Spirit and Truth. We would love to hear your thoughts about the program, and your financial support is also greatly appreciated so that we can continue bringing you these kinds of programs. Tell your friends they can find the program Spirit and Truth right here on this station. Stay tuned for contact information and more details from your local station to follow. Until next time, keep your mind fixed on Jesus. This is Pastor Jeff Scoggins. Thank you for listening to Spirit and Truth. Often listeners contact me or the station wanting to know how to get a copy of a specific program or more information. All of these programs are archived as podcasts, and many of them are on video as well. You can find relevant links at my website, www.scoggins.biz. You will also find books and Bible study resources there as well. So if you didn't get to hear one of these programs all the way through or missed one in a series, you can find it by visiting scoggins.biz. That's S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S dot B-I-Z. This is Pastor Jeff Scoggins. Thank you for listening to Spirit and Truth. Often listeners contact me or the station wanting to know how to get a copy of a specific program or more information. All of these programs are archived as podcasts, and many of them are on video as well. You can find relevant links at my website, www.scoggins.biz. You will also find books and Bible study resources there as well. So if you didn't get to hear one of these programs all the way through, or missed one in a series, you can find it by visiting scoggins.biz. That's S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S dot B-I-Z.